0: You're now tuned in to The Lease Up, an affordable housing podcast produced by the Africatown Community Land Trust designed to highlight the Liberty Bank Building on 24th and Union in Seattle. The Liberty Bank Building development is a partnership between the Africatown Community Land Trust, Capitol Hill Housing, Bird Bar Place, and the Black Community Impact Alliance. And when opened in February 2019, the Liberty Bank building will provide 115 units of affordable housing to our community's most vulnerable. The Lease Up podcast documents progress on the road to full occupancy of the Liberty Bank building through a series of interviews with key people from the Africatown Community Land Trust, partner organizations, tenants, business leaders, and community members at large, all assembled to tell the historic journey of the Liberty Bank building in their own words. The Liberty Bank building stands on the very land where the historic Liberty Bank once stood decades ago. Liberty Bank building was the very first African-American-owned bank in the Pacific Northwest. Although the bank is gone, the new Liberty Bank rises on a future that honors our past. Welcome to The Lease Up. Hi, everyone.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Lease Up today we are interviewing one of the central district's finest businessmen we know him as earl from earl's cuts and styles earl thank you so much for joining the lease up today we are really excited to hear hear your story and kind of have you on to tell the community about your work um but but maybe they don't know your your humble beginnings do you want to talk about how you started as a barber?
2: I started uh, cutting hair when I was in high school, cutting my friend's hair, and um, I had an opportunity to get a chance to uh, go to beauty school. So I went to beauty school, you know, cut hair, and I met this lady named Dinah Ladd. Her dad owned a barbershop. It was Gary Ladd. And um, speeding up through the process, we graduated on a certain day. And that night, uh, I guess her dad broke his Achilles. Towards Achilles. And so she called me and asked me to take his place. And I was like, whoa, I, I don't yeah. know. I just graduated today. You know what I mean? But she said, well, I got no one figured out the phone. I said, okay, uh, sure, i do it. And so that's how I began cutting hair at a barbershop.
1: Wow. It was literally the night of graduation.
2: Yes, it was.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sure the community didn't know that much. And so then you started there as a barber. And let's talk about the transition from barber to barber owner.
2: Oh, yes. Okay. Well, we was, I was there cutting hair, and um, me and my friend, uh, Dorian Diners, and uh, we were late getting our license. And so when we had the barbershop, it was very active. And she said, Well, fellas, you guys can't come back until you get your license. So I said, Okay. So about about a month later, I came back with my license and started cutting hair with them full time. And uh, that's how I started cutting hair at Gary Ladd's on 2030 Union. It was a beautiful thing. Wow.
1: And at that point, um, once you got your license, you came back in. Did you have to do more work as just a barber, or did you get to go right in and become like co-owner?
2: Uh, no, I had to do more work as a barber and a beautician. I had to do curls, perms, cutting hair. But all the friends, all my friends, and cutting hair over just overpowered the, uh, me doing women's hair. So mm-hmm. I got stuck on being a barber, you know. It was, I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know nothing about it. Cause I wouldn't, I didn't go to school. I didn't graduate from high school and say I was going to be a barber. Right. It was just some spontaneous moment, you know? So uh, I addressed it and I was assumed. I guess I was, I, I, I didn't assume I, uh, I heard I was better than the average, you know, barber. Ah,
1: so you didn't go in knowing, oh, I'm about to be the best one. You just no. kind of grew on you, the reputation.
2: Yes. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's unique, though, too, because then the, the people were speaking to you and it was more of a, a need. People were saying it's a desire for you to cut their hair.
2: Yes. At the time, it was a lot of older barbers. I was one of the younger barbers coming out in that area back in the early 90s, mm-hmm. you know, late 80s, early 90s. There was a lot of old season barbers around the neighborhood. And um, I was one of the younger, younger flash share barbers. And so that helped me. You know, in my my, in my success too.
1: Ah, your personal image. Yes. Okay, okay. People knew you for that. And so then as you became a successful barber, what made you decide that, hey, I have a big enough business. I should be, my name should be on the building. How was that?
2: Well, opportunities don't go to waste. They go to the next person. Um, I went to work one day just to go plug my clippers in and cut hair. And then Gary Ladd said, well, uh, it's the 15th of the month. Um I'm closing down on the thirtieth. I won't be open no more. But I think it'd be a good time for you to take on the responsibilities on your own barbershop. And you have two weeks to you know to you know find out. And I was like, whoa, two weeks? Wow. And so I went to my grandmother, rest in peace, and um to the landlord, and we had a meeting at Miss Helen's restaurant. And mm-hmm. then um he said, okay, my grandmother asked me Will you give my son and grandson a chance to cut hair and he said yes literally I know he had a, it was owned by his family and mm-hmm. it was you know it was a board of 10 members that had to uh, be unanimous decision and he's the only one that said no give me a chance and so at the age of 22 I got my key to my own barbershop on twenty thirty year. wow and it was called Earl's Earl's and what year was that 1992 wow and then uh, I come out the phone Earl's to help me and my father said rest in peace um Earl's, Earl's is not enough. You need to call it Earl's Cutting Styles. I said, okay, there it is. It's Earl's Cutting Styles. And so, it's Earl's Cutting Styles to this day.
1: Oh, my goodness. Was that a, so the the name of it being Earl's, was that really a quick turnaround?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was Earl's.
1: <laughs> Just, and then your dad was like, oh, no. So, you guys change it really quickly?
2: Yeah, you know, after the while, he kept saying, man, Earl's, it don't sound right when you answer the phone, ask, ask, you know, when you answer the phone, say Earl's. You need more twist to it. So you said, call it Earl's Cutting Styles. I love
1: it. And so now we, we, we're getting up to speed now, because that was back in the 90s, man. Mm-hmm. So you've had that barbershop right there on and Union for a long time. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the transitions that you've seen in the neighborhood. Because you've personally witnessed a lot of this gentrification that has swept the Central District. Mm-hmm. Speak to that. How has it been as a business owner watching the document the watching the people change and watching the demographic for your community change
2: well when i started it was a thriving community you know it was a lot of black owned businesses a lot of black entrepreneurs it was drug stores barbershops beauty supplies barbecue pits hair salons uh business licensing places and uh, i say um uh, let me go back to say i could say uh Everything you know, mm-hmm. there was just a lot of black businesses in the neighborhood, and, and slowly put, they started closing down and closing down. So one day I looked up and said, "Man, I'm the one of the only black businesses still here left in the neighborhood." It was, you know, it was. Then I, was sitting, I started seeing just mm-hmm. Uh People stopped coming to me, asking me questions, and I started saying, "Well, I am the last one of the last black businesses up here." Well, once upon a time it was, I was the youngest black businessman up there yeah you know it was it was it was Mayrand's Drugstore, store uh beauty supply it was trade with uh, a True Value I mean, True Value there was mm-hmm. a lot of black owned businesses up there uh, insurance companies uh um, cleaners yeah uh, bars um you name it it was there and, and now today it's it's gone yeah
1: so many things have gone. And with that, a lot of what we're learning is that it took a lot of our community members with it, right, yes. as new things started to happen. So how have you, as a predominantly Black barber, how have you been able to thrive in the changing times of the, the people that live in your community?
2: Well, my name spoke for itself. And um, I, I had a superior landlord, you know, Tom Bangasser, who believed in me. And then uh, he was—he—he he really was proud on making that block be, you know, a successful black business block because he uh, got the business from his father. Mm-hmm. His father started uh, had own several businesses on that corner of twenty thirty the Coleman Building, uh, the, the property I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. And he had—they own—they own other businesses too, but in the neighborhood where I'm working at now, Central District, they own that, and you know, um he like I said, he made a commitment, pr- promised my grandma before he passed that he he believed in me and he's gonna make sure I had a way. So that helped a lot, you know, having a uh, superior landlord such as Tom Bangaster, and um, and then after a while I just said, man, you know, I'm not into moving and changing anything, so I I stuck it out. I I, I had a uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for? I just had a... Devotion to stay there on 2030 and, and prove to everybody that uh, I'm, I can be a successful barber as well as to younger and older people. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's amazing that you stayed there. Did you feel that you said it, you know, your name spoke for itself? And so was it more so that you had a loyal customer base who was going to come back to you regardless if they moved out of the neighborhood or not?
2: Yes, yes, okay. yes. Yes, I started cutting hair before social media. So, my haircuts had to speak for itself, and the haircuts, and then the way the the atmosphere we came to the barbershop was 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 nice you know it was booming and so that's how I got my my my, my name out there mm-hmm. nowadays, you just get your name out there by just being you know post a picture and saying who you are and little Beijing, little this little that, and everybody know you are, but back then it was none of that it was no social media it was just my haircut, so everybody left my shop after I cut their hair and some of my other stylists you know it was in a walking fashion so mm-hmm. you know
1: and that's what it was everybody wanted to fly his cut right
2: yeah yeah <laughs> when I came in I changed I changed, I changed the game you know I, yeah I put a little twist on it and, it and it paid out and we have this conversation today
1: wow now in the in the industry as far as because i mean we know about hair shows and things like that can you speak to uh you know your status in the industry i mean i know it's a huge now it's a booming industry and they do traveling shows and all kinds of things talk to talk to us about you know how how earls represent seattle in the industry
2: well uh i traveled to atlanta to the hair shows and californians places of that nature and um being a pioneer on that corner for so long, people who next door, see next door, there was a record a record store. And they had a recording studio, so a lot of the bear rappers just come up there on that corner and 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 make music, and they knew about Earl's kind of styles. And today, I still hear about people like, man, we didn't know about you in Atlanta. We know about you in Vegas. Well, wow. you, know, you know, Vegas, Atlanta, California. Um you've been to Seattle. have you been in 2030 years, so it's one of the places to go when you come visit Seattle if you're, uh, you know, a black citizen. You know, kind of, you got to go to Earl's kind of styles too, along with the restaurants. But the restaurants not there anymore. But um, yeah, we're not just we're not just known in the in the city. We know we're not kind of known around the, around the world. Not not around the world, but you know, around the nation. Around the nation. Um, not everybody knows, but we're, we're we we do enough to where that little barbershop shop knows there's no... In a lot of places.
1: That's nice. And it puts Seattle on the map too. Because yeah. sometimes, I mean, when you're in a niche industry like hair or hair art, especially for those shows, it get, the crowd gets real small, right? It's a certain yeah. amount of people that are yeah. there. So that's, that's putting on for Seattle too, man. Yeah.
2: Yes, I get that. So that helped to, uh, Gary Payton as well. Because uh, when Gary Payton was in Seattle, I was cutting his hair all the time along with another, close uh, to other signings. But Gary Payton helped make us nationally known as well. Cause he talked about a barbershop when he was on the road and when people came to town, such as other sports, people who play basketball, they came to the barbershop and yeah, it was, it was a beautiful thing. See, yeah. They knew to
1: come to you if yeah. they were from out of town.
2: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And,
1: well, that same, that same, um, mentality, I think resonates with people now, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that you're still there, people still have that, you know, mm-hmm. intuition to go, Oh, well my inclination is I'm gonna go to Earl's, I, you know, right. if I want somebody to do me right, you know, let me come yeah. there. Right. Yeah. I
2: know some friends who uh, had to take a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, not, 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 not because they want to, because they had to, and they probably was gone 20 years and they come back and say, man, the central area has changed, man, but you're still here, I see yes, I still am I still am I'm still here I'm gonna be here, and um I helped a lot of people along the way, you know, I mm-hmm. like to say i i'm I'm pretty humble, but as as we sit here speaking now uh, I, I helped a lot of barbers, I helped a young a lot of young men find themselves as being a barber mm-hmm. and help students coming up in the school want to sweep here on a, you know on the sun saturdays and um pick up a clipper and find yourself and be around men and understand what it is to be, you know, to grow up and understand, you know, what it's about. Yeah. You know, not, not just being a little hoodlum shoplifter, you know, a gang member, you know, it, you can be a successful black businessman and make it in this world, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, people go to school, to college for a lot of things, but it was just me as an entrepreneur who didn't go to college for that. I had, I had to go to college for get my license, mm-hmm. but, uh, other than that, it was like, you know, you can make it, young man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes college is not for everybody. You got to pick up a mm-hmm. trade.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So in that way, it's almost like Earl's has been such a staple for the community because it's more than just a barbershop, right?
2: Exactly. It's not. It's more than a barbershop. It's experience. It's uh, fashion consultants, mentors. Yeah. We're like providers, counselors. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 wear, we wear a hat. We wear many hats.
1: Well I I would I would almost say literally Earls is a cultural hub. Yes. That's what it is. I mean I know my younger brothers I grew up right on 25th between Pike and Pine. And so both my brothers went through Earl's many a times, my mm-hmm. dad too. So uh, it was a staple for mm-hmm. us. And, and just to hear you talk about the national presence that it's brought, you know, honestly, it, it has. It's been a cultural hub. And so you have literally kept the legacy of the Barbershop Chronicle idea, right? Come in there, lay, you know, lay your cares upon us. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. You not,
2: know? not knowing what I was doing at the present time, you know, you know, I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. It was a love of me... It was the passion of me cutting hair, and I guess being uh, concerned about our, our brothers. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, after after twenty years, twenty five years, you look back and it's like, okay, all oh, this was not in vain. It was for a reason. Yeah, you know.
1: That's the beautiful thing of it, and so th- that talks to why it was almost imperative to make sure that your presence was still on that corner still over there in that area and so the connection of you know your business moving over to liberty bank building Mm -hmm. let's talk about the beginning of that how did this partnership with you and the partners over at liberty bank building how did it start
2: well uh they sold they sold the property of liberty bank and then the person on you know capital housing bought purchased it and Chris Pearson came over to me and asked me, like, uh, said, so we'd love to have you, have you as a tenant over there. I said, well, sure. I, I'd like to be a tenant because the building, the property I was on, they knew eventually it was going to get sold. Because then I ended up redevelopment. They was in the owning the property. And so I said, sure. And then Africa Town, with uh, White King's current father, and uh, I know another man, uh, Mr. Woods, there was, owners, they, was, they ran uh, the bank. Mm-hmm. And so they stopped funding the bank and then the bank closed. And so they sat down the bank and let Key Bank be there. And um after that, uh, Key Bank voted and then they were trying to make the property a historical landmark, which they didn't. Key Bank, I mean, Capital Housing bought it. And so White King and his, and his father, they pressed the issue about we want we, we to still be, you know, a presence of black presence there. So Capital Housing bought the bank the African town and capital housing got together and, and they can, and it's, so now it's called uh, the uh, Liberty bank building. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's kudos to the African town, you know, and the black dollar about, um, their commitment into keeping a thriving black community in the central area. Mm-hmm. I stand behind that. And, um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's been a long process. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Nothing comes easy, right? You know, you know, and so when it's all when it's all said and done, this will be a spot for housing and young kids can learn, find a trade, and come to a place after school and develop their mental. Nice, nice.
1: Well, and um, we know that uh, that brown girl cooks, yes. um, and you will be there. What does it feel like for you as a business owner to be one of the first? Businesses to occupy that really unique space.
2: Uh, Well, I'm honored. Um, I'm privileged. I'm. I'm a little, uh, little. uh, Like I said, I didn't sign up for this. Right. You know what I mean. (laughs) All this is coming. You know, new to me, and so I'm just starting to learn about the things that all the blessings that's coming my way, and I'm I'm very honored to be one of the first black businesses in that bank, the uh, Liberty bank, following, uh, following the, uh, the ancestors who provided loans for a lot of the people to get houses and own their businesses in that neighborhood. Um, it was a beautiful thing. And, um, I'm still, I like to be a part and finish up things. That they started mm-hmm. the that they started and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to bed at night thinking about it and sleep this night sometimes, but, um, God wouldn't put me here. He wouldn't bring me this far to say, um, Well, I'm done with you. Right. You know, so uh, yeah, it's it's tedious and I'm learning as I go. You mm-hmm. um, know, and I respect all the people who there for me. And, uh, you know, I don't know them. Somebody don't know and somebody do know, but I respect all of them. Yeah. And I appreciate all of them. I want to say thank you for those who's listening.
1: Yeah, because it takes a whole bunch of people right behind the scenes to make these deals happen. Well, as we close out, uh, let's just share with the community. Now we know you're excited to be in this space. What is your vision for, you know, in five years? What does it look like? You know, with Earl's being part of Liberty Bank building historically in the central district right there on the corner of, you know, just across the street, really, from where you are now, but still right there on union. What is your vision? What would you love to see?
2: Still a thriving community. I like to see the Town building go up as well as Brown Girls Restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, cooking the good food, smelling good food on the corner. And us pro- still providing services to the needy, providing services to the community and to the youth who wants to be developed their mind, mental, to to, uh put them in a direction as far as entrepreneurship but no, no, no matter where they want to go yeah. whether it be in hair or uh, it anything like that and um i just i want to see a beautiful thriving corner and and earl's cutting kind of styles there and um and history in the making i just love to see um Everything, everything has to come with this venture, this this mm-hmm. this venture I'm on, I, I you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to be there and provide and, and make sure the legacy continues about that black corner of twenty third, twenty fourth, and where the Liberty Bank was. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be there and, and 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 have a go down in history books as being a a black barbershop, which is not just a barbershop. It's, you know, they call it a country club, black man's country club, because yeah. back in the days, you know, two or three men together. You know, they that was a that was a riot that was like they broke it up. Mm-hmm. So the only place they can go to is a barbershop and you know, and you know, and consult with mm-hmm. each other, you know what I'm saying? Converse and turn into a conversation, you know what I mean? And then it turns to a master plan and they go outside in the business world and make it happen. Yeah. So I wanna be a part of that. And I wanna keep showing my youth that uh it can be done. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna show the people before me that uh I, I'm gonna be there, you know. I'm, I'm the right person for this program, for this fit. I should say, you know, yeah. uh, black community. I want to be uh, help. I want to help people get their houses, like you mm-hmm. know, Liberty Bank did. It's not, excuse me, Liberty Bank. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to, you know, give them a sense of hope, something to reach for, something you know. It's like he did it. I can do it. Yes, you can. You can do it two times better than I can. Just focus.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again, Earl, for joining the up and sharing your story with the community. Because as people know more about you, they buy in more, right? They're like, oh yes. my gosh, now I know that much about, I didn't know he started off doing that. So it's always great yes, uh, for us you. to to spotlight our community members and our business owners who are still in the community holding it down for us. We are very appreciative.
2: And and one more <laughs> thing, I wouldn't have been here. Well, helping Facts Newspaper because uh-huh. they kept me in the uh, in their paper every week. And every week you look in the Facts paper, Newspaper, you see Earl's cutting style. <laughs> so kudos to the Facts Newspaper beavers yes can't leave them out see a
1: real village you guys a real community village Mm -hmm. well thanks for listening folks you have just listened to another episode of the lease up feel free to listen to us on spotify stitcher and soundcloud we will see you next time
2: see you later
0: thank you for taking time to listen to this episode of the lease up if you're in immediate need of affordable housing, please text the word HOME to 206-309-6324 to sign up for the Africatown Housing Action Alerts to receive affordable housing resources on your phone. Make sure and catch past episodes of The Lease Up by visiting com. You can also get information about the Liberty Bank Building by visiting org. This has been an African Town Production.